power of the word and the spirit. And um, having uh, both the word and the spirit in operation in your life is, is very vital for, for you to experience the fullness of what God wants you to experience. And I, I say that as, as clear and as, as right out there as I can say it. Because if, if you're a person who's only a person of the word and not a person of the spirit, then you will lean being in the direction of somebody who, who knows a lot up here but hasn't had a whole lot of personal experience with the one that you're learning about. It's kind of like if I read a book about my wife. <laughs> I don't want the book. <laughs> I want the real thing. Come on, somebody. And, and, and you, you know, do we need the word? I'm not saying we don't need the word. Absolutely, we need the word. The word comes first. The word is our foundation. The word is top priority. But the thing about the spirit is the spirit is the author of the book. So when you realize that, when you understand that, if I want to know the book as well as I want to know the book, then (laughs) if I buddy up and get close to the author, if I do that, then I talk about knowing the original intent of what was said. You're not going to miss the original intent of what was said. Because you're going to be right close to the heart of the one who inspired and uttered the words to begin with. Hallelujah. And then besides that, one thing about understanding the word of God and we need to be taught. The, the church in every age needs to be taught. There's never been a generation of the church that didn't need the word taught to them. However, at the same time, uh, what we have had from time to time is we've had the word taught, but not enough emphasis on the fact that when the word is taught and when the word is preached, that God wants to do something with it. God wants to confirm the word with signs following the, the fact that God wants to not just have somebody talking about it, but he wants to have somebody talking about it and demonstrating it. Hey. So the power of the word and the spirit. Somebody once said that if if you got all of the word and none of the spirit, you'll dry up. And if you got all of the spirit and none of the word, you'll blow up. But if you got the combination, the right balanced combination of the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and and, and dig into this. I want to talk to you tonight as we talk about the power of the word and the spirit. I want to talk to you about a Greek word that just keeps on popping up all over the New Testament called dunamis or dunamis. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Um, And and that particular word in in the New Testament just keeps on popping up over and over and over and over again. And it says so much about what is available to us as believers. But besides that, 
what actually resides inside of you as a believer. See, we really have not spent the amount of time that we need to on finding out who we are and on finding out what we've got inside. We've got a treasure in these earthen vessels and yet most people can't tell somebody else a whole lot about the treasure they got. You know, they can say a few things, but but to really have a, a, a good understanding of this is who I am, this is what I have, there's a lot of us that are missing in that area. But I tell you what, God's raising up a people. I believe it with everything inside of me that in these crazy, nutty last days that we're living in, that God is raising up people who know whose they are, know who they are, and know what they've got. And then besides that, they know that they've got authority. Hallelujah. And so when you know you got authority and you know who you got authority over, you know what that means? That means junk you used to put up with, you ain't putting up with that anymore. Hallelujah. So what I want to do is I want to establish, as, as we look at the, this word dunamis or dunamis, um, we'll call it dunamis tonight, just because I'm used to it. So if you don't like it, y'all can forgive me. But uh, I, I want to see how this relates to the word and how this relates to the spirit. All right. So we're going to look for that particular word. Where does this word keep on popping up in the Bible and what does it mean? Romans 1.16. Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel, which by the way, how many of you know what gospel means? Good news. As a matter of fact, there was a Greek scholar who, who uttered, the, the words concerning the gospel that it really in its essence does not just mean good news, but news that's so good that it's almost too good to be true. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, for it is the power, the dunamis of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, we see here that the good news, the gospel, which is the word, is the power of God to salvation. The power of God that brings salvation. So if you, if you want to have a little fun doing a study, if you find out what salvation is, and you realize that the gospel is the power of God that will bring salvation to you, when you get a hold of the gospel, you're getting a hold of not just a book, but, but the living contents of the book. Because you see, this is not just a dead book. This is not Stephen King, y'all. You know, this is not, says, says some, some person who's, uh, 
you know, uh, thinks they're uh, a, a big shot. And my definition of big shot anyhow is that a big shot is a little shot away from home. But uh, um, this is not an ordinary book here. This is the living, breathing word of God. These words, when you get them inside of you, they are actually alive. Jesus said it. My words are spirit and life. So therefore, when you get the gospel inside of you, there's living stuff, living power contained in the gospel that when you get it inside of you, when you get the gospel inside of you, then the stuff that's in the gospel gets inside of you too. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. We'll talk about that believing part a little bit later. But right now we're establishing this, that the word of God is Dunamis, the word of God, is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Anybody think you're crazy? A few people? Well, this is part of the reason why. Because the message that you've embraced and the message that has changed your life to the ones that are perishing, they think it's foolishness. They think it's nonsense. But to us who've tasted it, <laughs> to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So the message of the cross which is the gospel, which is the word, is the power, the dunamis of God. Are you with me? All right. Let's go to the first chapter of Hebrews. We're going to take our time tonight with this. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory... And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. The word of his dunamis. When he had by himself purged our sins. Sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The word of his dunamis. His power. Wow. So therefore, if the gospel is the power of God, as we've seen, if the word of God is the power of God, and if you have the word of God inside of you, that means that you've got dunamis inside of you. So therefore, is it any wonder that Jesus would have uttered the words in John fifteen seven? If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, that you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Is it any wonder? Certainly not. Why? Because the word's abiding in you, and if the word's abiding in you, the power to go and get any of the stuff you need, as a matter of fact, the stuff you need is actually in there, because it's in the word. See, the, the word's in you. 
means the power's in you, which means what, whatever this power is, whatever this power can do is in you. Right now. Wednesday night, June 8th, 2016, right in your seat, <laughs> right now, if you've got the word inside of you, you've got the power of God inside of you. That is a fact. That is the truth. That is absolutely God would have to fall off his throne for it to be any different. So if you've got the word in you, you've got dunamis in you. Now let's keep on checking out this wonderful word that is all throughout the New Testament. Now let's look at it in the context that the Holy Spirit is the power of God. So we see the word is the power of God. Now we're going to see the Holy Spirit as the power of God. Luke 4. Jesus just got tempted and he's coming back. Luke 4 and verse 14. This is Jesus coming back from being tempted. It said, then Jesus returned in the power, the dunamis of the spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. Someone say the power of the spirit, the dunamis of the spirit. All right, we're in Luke 4, go to Luke 24. Last words Jesus was saying before ascending uh, to the right hand of the father. He said, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high with dunamis from on high. And what was he talking about in reference to here? He was talking about what happened on the day of Pentecost, which was the, uh, the, the descent of the Holy Spirit upon his followers that got the church rolling. Hallelujah. And we'll see that even more clearly in this next verse which is Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And once again, recalling the words that Jesus spoke just before he ascended to heaven. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive dunamis when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we're seeing this connection here. We saw the connection between the word of God and the power of God. Now we're seeing this connection between the spirit of God and the power of God. And we're not done yet. While we're in Acts 1, might as well go to Acts 10. How, this is Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Now, check this out. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with 
dunamis. So this stuff we're talking about tonight is the same stuff Jesus had in him. As a matter of fact, the good news of the early church, as as a matter of fact, let's go even before the time of the early church. When Jesus showed up to minister, and remember, he went to his hometown of Nazareth, and in his hometown of Nazareth, he uh, got up to read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the opening of prison to those that are bound, recovery of sight to the blind, liberty to the captives, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But it's interesting, and there's just a hint in the scripture about it, but prior to that, and you can look this up yourself, Luke chapter 4, um, where, where you see that before Jesus got up and read that in his hometown, that was not the first time that, that he preached. I mean, it may have been the first time in his hometown. That's not totally clear. I mean, it, it, it seems likely. But he's been preaching other places. You can see that. And where the other places he's been going, it says that he's being praised of all, magnified of all. You can see right there in Luke 4, right between like verse 14 and 18, right in that little section. But then when he shows up here, he's not getting praised for that. He's getting criticized for that. And I'll tell you, isn't that interesting? How, how sometimes... Uh, uh, familiarity. Oh Lord, don't get me started. Familiarity, you know. It's like, yeah, I, I can think that uh, you know, God will use that that great guy over on the other side of the nation or whatever. But uh, will he use uh, my pastor? Will he use the man of God or woman of God in my life? Like he can use brother or sister, or what do you call it, way over there? You see how familiarity can be a trick? Because these people with the very son of God fell right into the trap of familiarity. And I don't know why I'm getting off on it, but somebody needs it. And uh, uh, it's just very interesting to me that somebody would miss a blessing. I mean, talk about missing a blessing. I mean, you know, here he is. He's anointed to set uh, the captives at liberty to do all these wonderful things. And they drive him out of town as if they're saying, no, we don't want any of that here. Because we know who you are. We know your mama. We know your daddy. We know your brothers. We know your sisters. Who do you think you are? And you know what? Because of that very attitude, they missed out on the blessing. That when you read in Luke chapter 4, other towns where he already was were getting the blessing. <laughs> but his hometown missed it. But it's interesting that when Jesus showed up 
what Jesus said about himself was that I am anointed. And then the message of the early church was that Jesus is the Christ, which is a Greek word that means anointed one. And what they were saying there in Acts 10, that verse that we just had up, you can put it up again, Acts 10, 38. And if you look in the context, this is the message that was being proclaimed everywhere. If you look at the verses that set this up, this is the message that's going out everywhere. This is what's being preached around the, uh, the uh, wherever the gospel's gone. This is what's being said, that Jesus is anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Which also leads to this, that therefore anybody who's a follower of Jesus and is doing the same works as Jesus is anointed with the same Holy Spirit and power. So the work continues. We need to understand that the work of Jesus was not limited to the four gospels. I love the wording. If you look it up, Acts chapter one, verse one. Now, Luke wrote the gospel that bears his name. Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And he wrote it to the same guy, this guy named Theophilus. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, he said, hey, remember that other book I wrote? That other book was the beginning of what Jesus, it was what Jesus began to do and teach. So that was the beginning. Then this here, this second book called the book of the Acts, this is the continuation of what Jesus is doing, but now he's doing it through his church. The same Holy Spirit, the same dunamis, the same Jesus, but since Jesus is not present here in his flesh and bone body anymore, his body's still here, his body, the church is here, and the same work is being carried on through them. Hallelujah. Whoa, that's a good place to take a sip. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So are you convinced yet? Let's go a little further. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3.16. Another famous member of the 316 Club. You've heard of John, right? Here we go. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, to be strengthened with dunamis, through his spirit in the inner man. <laughs> this is a prayer. He was praying this. He was praying this for the church. You can pray this for the church. You can pray this for your family. Thank God you can pray this for yourself. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with dunamis through his spirit in the inner man. How does the dunamis come? Through his spirit. How does the dunamis come? Through his spirit. Is his spirit dwelling inside of you? Well, if his spirit is dwelling inside of you, then his dunamis, his power is dwelling inside of you and through his spirit, you can be strengthened with dunamis. Glory to God. You know what? Uh, let's skip over the two verses in Romans and go to 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 
<laughs> For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, what kind of spirit has he given us? Power, love, and a sound mind. Dunamis, love, and a sound mind. The kind of spirit that God's given us is not a spirit of fear. What kind of spirit has he given us? A spirit of dunamis, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. So now that we understand this, we, we've found out that if you've got the word in you, then you've got power in you. You've got God's power in you, his dunamis in you. Now, if you've got his spirit dwelling in you, the Bible makes it clear that if the spirit of God's dwelling in you, that his power is dwelling inside of you. Do you see that? Is that clear? Now, what does this stuff do? <laughs> what does this stuff do? Well, one thing we see, that dunamis is healing power. It's power to heal sickness. And I'm talking physical sickness. I'm talking about physical sickness, physical ailments, things that are wrong with your physical body. Mark chapter 5. This is the story of the, the woman with the issue of blood. And I'm going to set it up for you before we read it. You can leave it up there. But... But she has spent all the money she had on every doctor she knew and didn't get any better <laughs> and, if anything, got worse. That's a pretty sad state. Heard about Jesus. And as a result, she uttered these words that if I could only touch his clothes, Amen. I will be whole. Amen. So Jesus is passing through the area and she's cutting through the, the, the press. And, and you know, a, a woman who's lost uh, as, uh, as, as much blood as she had and has been losing blood on a regular basis for all these years, as soon as her body could produce it, she was losing it. You are in a weak, frail, physical condition when you're like that. And yet, somehow, gets through the crowd when everybody's all around Jesus on every side and touches his clothes. And what happens next? And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that dunamis had gone out of him. <laughs> Turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And of course, it goes on to say that the, uh, he looked round about to see her that had done this thing and the woman fearing and trembling knelt down before him and told him all the truth. And then he ends up saying, daughter, 
Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed. Be whole of your plague. Hallelujah. But we see here what the dunamis that was in Jesus, when this woman touched him, there was something she had called F-A-I-T-H that drew what was in Jesus out of him into her. And when the stuff that was in Jesus got into her, then all of a sudden this thing that was dogging her tracks for 12 years that she couldn't do anything to get it fixed is all of a sudden fixed. Someone say healing power. Luke 5, 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the dunamis, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, this is pretty amazing, especially, and, and you all may have heard this talk within the last year, because I know it's been hit a few times, but if you follow this through, you see record of some other guy coming to this meeting and getting healed. But unfortunately, for these Pharisees and teachers of the law, there's no record of them getting anything. Yet the Bible clearly says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And how sad for the power of the Lord to be there for them and them get nothing. And this other guy (laughs) comes to the meeting and gets something. Well, Jesus, what's up with that? You playing favorites? You, you want to give it to him, but I ain't going to give it to you. You have power for you and power for you, but none for you and none for you. Is Jesus playing the game? No, he's not playing the game. It's interesting that these guys, these Pharisees and teachers of the law who are sitting by, got all mad at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath day and absolutely missed the blessing they could have had. Got so tripped up in their religious ideas and how dare you do it that way. We don't do it that way around here. It's like all the time that they were fussing about we don't do it that way around here, they also didn't get nothing. Mark chapter 6. Now this is interesting because this is Jesus' hometown, which we alluded to uh, several moments ago. And just before this, that's where they said, we know you, we know your mama, we know your daddy, we know your brother, we know your sister, we know your cousins. Who do you think you are? Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now he could do no mighty work. Mighty work is the Greek word dunamis. Now he could do no dunamis there. Think about it. He could do no dunamis there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now, the next verse 
tells the real story why he could do no dunamis there. Because the next verse says that he marveled because of their unbelief. And so what did he do to fix that? He said he went around the villages teaching. He said, if there's unbelief, one way to cure that is have some teaching so there can be more hearing. So there can be more faith coming by what they're hearing. Hallelujah. But, but what we see this here, we, we see that this dunamis is healing power. We see that, that this dunamis is called mighty works. First Corinthians 12, 10. Now this is part of the listing of what is called the gifts of the spirit or the manifestations of the spirit. There's nine of them listed here in first Corinthians chapter 12. Gifts that the Spirit is given to the church that operate as he wills them to operate. Verse 10, as the list is going on here, this is the continuation of the list. To another, the working of dunamis. That word miracles is that same Greek word that we've been seeing popping up everywhere. Dunamis. The working of dunamis. Now think about this. If dunamis is healing power, and if dunamis is mighty works, and if dunamis is miracles, and if dunamis is the word and the spirit, and if you have the word and the spirit abiding inside of you, then what does that say about what's inside of you? That tells me that there is healing power inside of you. That tells me that there are mighty works inside of you. That tells me, oh, do I dare say it? Do I dare say it? That tells me that there are miracles inside of you. And it's not because you're cute. It is because the word is the power of God. The spirit is the power of God. And you as a believer have the word and the spirit dwelling inside of you. Hallelujah. I'm glad I came to church tonight. Ah. You know, you can be filled with dunamis. Does the Bible say such a thing? Go to Acts 6. Acts 6, verse 8. Stephen, full of faith and dunamis, did great wonders and signs among the people. Isn't that interesting? What a coincidence. Full of faith and dunamis. And as a combination, as a result of that combination, look what happened. Great wonders and signs. My man Don Blasi, I know you, you, you may remember this from many years ago. But if you want to know how to get all this stuff that's inside of you to work, it can only work if you've got 
faith in action. And uh, as many years ago, you probably remember this, my, my little illustration was those old Glade plug-in commercials. And the little jingle said, plug it in, plug it in. Anybody remember those commercials way back? Well, you, you may have something that's got the, the potential of making your living room smell pretty. Hey, hey. But it ain't smelling pretty until you do what? Plug it in. That's what faith does. Because you know what? We can walk around with the potential for great and mighty, outstanding things for God to do in us and through us. And yet, all you do is just a big bundle of potential walking around. You're just a big ball of potential. And it's like, yeah, this is great. I got this stuff inside of me. But, but how do you access it? How do you access it? See, this is why faith teaching and always feeding your faith is so important and so vital because faith is how you get stuff. Even the stuff that you've already got, it's how you access it. It's how you put it into motion. You don't want to be walking around with treasures inside of you that could be useful in your own life and in the lives of other people. But it's lying dormant because you haven't plugged in. But when you, when you are full of faith and power, Woo, you can see some things happen. Glory be to God. What happens? You can be strengthened. Colossians. Colossians 1. Hallelujah. Strengthen with all dunamis according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. That, 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 that's what, that's what this can do inside of you. When you turn your faith on, hey, you can get strengthened with all dunamis. Now, think about this. Being strengthened with all dunamis means that you get the benefit of it in every possible area of your life. That's what all means. Isn't that right? So this is not strengthened with uh, a little bit of dunamis or dunamis here and there. This is strengthened with all dunamis, which means that that you can be strengthened with dunamis for, uh, that'll take care of your body, that'll take care of your mind, it'll take care of your spirit, it'll take care of your finances, uh, it'll take care of, of, of that, uh, crazy neighbor across the street. Uh, it's amazing when you realize that God is not limiting you we limit him he's not limiting you second peter one what does this dunamis stuff do well peter's uh greeting the, the folks saying grace and peace be multiplied to you 
in the knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord, verse 3. As his divine dunamis has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Think about this. His divine dunamis. Do you got this stuff in you? You got the word in you, you got the spirit in you. What does that mean? That means you've got this stuff in you, this power, this dunamis. And the Bible says about this power that it's been given to us and that it has given to us. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything that pertains to life, meaning this Physical, natural life you got to live and everything you need for your spiritual life as well. Oh, did anybody just hear what I said? Lord, have mercy. So as his divine dunamis has given to us a few things that pertain to life and godliness. Or as his divine power has given to us two or three or four things that pertain to life and godliness. That word says all. Do you realize that inside of you right now, according to the Bible, not according to me, there ain't no second ray up there. You know what I'm saying? This is the the Holy Bible. According to the Holy Bible that you have inside of you as a believer with the word of God inside of you and the spirit of God inside of you, you've got this power which has given to you everything you need for life and godliness. And it is in you. Look look, look down at yourself, point to yourself, and say, it is in me right now. Someone say, right now. Someone say, well, I didn't have the best of days today. Well, (laughs) it wasn't my best either. (laughs) You, you, you ever have a day where you feel like you need to give an altar call and then turn to the other side and respond to your own altar call and raise your hand? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have those kind of days. And if you just think about what you're feeling like or how the day's going, that'll drag you down in the mud. But if you start thinking about stuff like this, Woo! It'll charge your battery, make you wanna run into hell with a squirt gun and put the fire out. Come on! Now, you know what I want to do, honey? Is that you back there? Let's do Hebrews 11. Skip the others. Go to Hebrews 11. Eleven, eleven. Here we go. By faith, Sarah herself also received dunamis, strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age 
because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, Sarah received dunamis to conceive seed. Because she was old. She, she couldn't have any more babies in 90. How did she receive dunamis to conceive seed? By faith. So if you take faith out of the equation, you've got just another 90-year-old woman who can't have a baby. You put faith in the equation, and then that faith enables her to receive dunamis. Think about that. Was dunamis available all along? Yeah. But when was it accessed? When was it received? When she used her faith. When she believed God. By faith, Sarah herself received dunamis to conceive seed. You know what? To use the likeness of pregnancy, there's a whole lot of people in this house tonight that the potential of you giving birth to something that God's got for you to give birth to is there all along. The potential's there. But like we said before, we can keep on walking around big balls of potential. Not getting anything done. Or, by faith, we can receive the dunamis to conceive the seed. See, when it comes to dreams and destinies and callings and God taking you into places in life, that you knew was always possible, but how does it ever go from possible to actually happening? How does it go from possible to reality? Where, where, where does it come from? Uh, it come from the point of just being, uh, well, there's, there's, uh, the, the, there's the seed, the seed of the word. But how does the seed conceive? By faith, which means that I'm going to talk to the old timers. Don't raise your hand if you're an old timer, but if you've been around the church a long time, it's all right. But I'm going to talk to the old timers. You can never, ever stop hearing and feeding on the subject of faith. Because that's how stuff happens. That's how you get what you need. That's how you make the connection. That's how you go from that ball of potential walking around to walking around like you're pregnant with something. Hey, I can't waddle real well, you know. I've never done this before, but 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 you can get your little pregnant walk on, you know. Because you got something inside of you. This time more than potential, this seed has conceived. The connection's been made. And woo, 
give me some pickles and some ice cream because I'm about to deliver a dream. I'm about to deliver a destiny. I'm about to deliver the thing God's called me to. Or whatever your pregnancy food of choice is. <laughs> Ephesians 3. We're going, taking it home right here. All right. Ephesians 3. Did I give you that one, hon? Ephesians 3.20. If not, if you can find it real quick, that'd be great. Because I want everybody to see this. There it is. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the dunamis that works in us. According to the dunamis that works in us. And he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Which means if you ask or think small, then his exceeding abundantly above that will be at one level. But if you ask or think big, then you get exceedingly abundantly above big. Which is interesting. God starts at your ceiling, but you determine your ceiling. Isn't that what it says? Above all that we ask or think, what are you asking and thinking? You, you set God's starting point of where he's going ab uh, abundantly above. But how does it happen? According to the dunamis that works in us. And how does dunamis work? It's one thing to have it in you, but how does it work? It works by faith. When you put your faith in the word of God, when you put your faith in the spirit of God, then the connection is made. And that dunamis is not just potential inside of you, but it's actual living, breathing reality that is effectively getting the job done. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him tonight. Come on, praise him tonight. Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 